Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought, we've got some very foolish people. We've got a very wise man who college students really, really, really uh, should be required to listen to because he's got a whole lot of what they need, brain power. We've got some folks out here eating some stuff that uh, I ain't telling you what to eat, but y'all should not be eating that. Wait till we get to that story. And is America a racist country? We'll ask noted buffoon Charles Blow of the New York Times. Possibly the stupidest man on earth. And welcome to Saturday, kids. Part of this thing called the weekend. And let's get right into this. Let's go to Virginia Tech University, the Hokies. The Virginia Tech Hokies. Beautiful university, beautiful area of the country I've driven through there. I actually stayed in a motel uh, for a couple nights in Blacksburg, Virginia. And there, a Virginia Tech student is suing the school. Now, before you start thinking, oh, God, what is she triggered about? What is this left-wing nutcase suing about? Stop. She's suing against the, the, the woke crowd, if you will, the woke mentality, claiming that she was harassed and eventually forced off the soccer team at Virginia Tech for refusing to kneel before games. Her suit alleges that she was singled out and even became a target for abuse on social media. Now, if you know anything about the Twitter mobs, you know they can be pretty vicious little bastards. They probably need rabies shots. But, you know what? They are what they are. They don't bother me very much. They're laughable. They're funny. I get good entertainment value out of them sometimes. But I understand how they could really be just an absolute, absolutely destructive and, and, and nasty force in someone's life. And, and they really should have some, some class. Um, this story actually broke in April. Legal insurrection covered it then. They're covering it now. It has been on the New York Post also. And the lady's name, young lady's name is Kirsten Henning says she was forced off college soccer team after refusing to kneel. Kirsten Henning, a former Virginia Tech women's soccer player, is suing her former coach after she allegedly was benched and forced off the team because she didn't want to kneel during a pregame demonstration last September. 
Henning was 21, was a midfielder slash defender for the Hokies from 2018 to 2020. In a federal lawsuit filed last month, Henning accused her former coach, Charles Adair, saying he wasn't a fan of her political views. According to documents obtained by TMZ Sports, boy, TMZ gets everything, don't they? Take anything you want to find, TMZ can find it. Uh, Henning said that during the peak of the Black Lives Matter movement last summer, she often disagreed with her teammates on social justice topics. How dare she? Doesn't, doesn't she understand that you have to be approved and only speak approved opinions? In the lawsuit, Henning claims that she supports social justice and believes that Black Lives Matter, but... She said she does not support BLM, the organization. No person in their right mind does. They're a Marxist outfit. Henning it, it added that she disagrees with Black Lives Matter's tactics and core tenets of its mission statement, including defunding the police. That's right. And destroying the nuclear family, of course. Uh, the number one problem in black America is the destruction of the nuclear family. And Black Lives Matter wants to go ahead and put it on steroids and completely destroy it because fathers don't matter, apparently. Uh, George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley wrote about this at his blog. Christian Henning, he writes, refused to kneel. Virginia Tech sued by student who alleges abuse over her refusal to support BLM and diversity displays. The lawsuit of Virginia Tech student Kirsten Henning begins with a simple statement. Kirsten Henning refused to kneel. The lawsuit filed this week against Virginia Tech soccer coach Charles Chugger Adair in his official capacity alleges that when Henning refused to kneel and support Black Lives Matter, she was benched, harassed, and ultimately forced off of the team. If the allegations are true, she could not have not only a winning case, but a case that could set important precedent for the freedom of speech. Adair implemented changes after a mandated diversity training order from the Atlantic Coast Conference. We have seen such mandated training programs in colleges and corporations, programs that can raise concern over compelled speech and viewpoint discrimination. That's right, because a lot of this diversity training is actually brainwashing, propaganda, and a nice way to threaten people to shut up unless you're going to say the right things. Shut up or else. Uh, and viewpoint discrimination at a state school, as a state school, I'm sorry, Virginia Tech is subject to the limitations imposed on the government under that damned First Amendment. If the left could only destroy the First Amendment and the Second and the entire Bill of Rights and the Constitution and pretty much everything America is. Uh, Turley notes that two students refused to, to kneel, but one of them was allegedly left alone. The complaint states that only two students objected to kneeling, but their other student was on scholarship. And her parents called Adair to warn him not to harass their daughter for her political views. In other words, some, if this is true, of course it's all alleged, due process and all that, uh, 
the parents of this one girl called the coach said, hey, don't you pull any BS. We're not going to put up with it. But Adair singled her out as well as speaking negatively about some people who believe, quote, all lives matter because nothing could be more racist than valuing all life from every living person despite their color. I mean, God, what racism. What a bunch of losers say all lives matter. She says that her refusal to kneel led to her benching and eventual removal from the team, but also allegedly resulted in a torrent of abuse verbally and on social media, also known as socialist media. Unfortunately, students and parents must resort to legal actions in cases like this one. But if this is a way to push back successfully, so be it. So says Jonathan Turley. I absolutely agree. Uh, Again, if the accusation is true, that's the whole thing. And hopefully they will be able to get to the bottom of it and find out if the college did this or not. If they did, the coach should have his his behind fired immediately. Um, And a lot of other people, whoever backed the coach at the time, whoever ought to be uh, excommunicated from the school. And frankly, these diversity training programs, they're garbage, many, many, many of them, and they need to go. Because it leads to crap like that. It leads to crap like that. Now, let's go to something else. Another uh, voice you need to hear from a professor at Brown University. He calls teaching identity politics a criminal abdication of our responsibilities, that, that being the responsibility of professors. He says, I'm a teacher. My job is not to reaffirm them and their preconceptions. It's to challenge them to outgrow them, their preconceptions. This piece is by Mike Lachance of Legal Insurrection, which is a a really, really excellent blog. William Jacobson Jacobson is a national treasure. Every once in a while, he, uh, he writes, We are reminded that not everyone in higher education agrees with the left on everything. Inter Professor Grant, I can't talk today, Glenn Lowry of Brown University. The professor understands the true purpose of a college education. During a recent episode of his podcast, you mean I'm not the only one with a podcast? I thought I was the only one. Oh, I guess I'm not that special after all. Oh, of course I am. Just kidding. Come on, everyone knows me. The only thing greater than my greatness is my complete sense of humility. Ironic, isn't it? He railed against identity politics. He was speaking with, with Professor uh, John McCurter of Columbia University. And this is what Katie Pavlich has some details on it. Another national treasurer, Katie Pavlich. Uh, Ivy League professor slams identity education as useless and, yes, criminal. Brown University professor Gren Lowry is speaking out against identity politics, education, and speaking the truth about today's academic environment. He says, to teach people they are this is criminal in my opinion. Okay, we are to challenge them. They come in telling me that they are this or that they are genitalia. I can believe it. I mean, imagine you're a professor 
at Brown University, not exactly some community college. And a student comes in and tells you, hi, I'm a penis. <laughs> okay, thank you for clearing that up, Dick. Um, <laughs> I th where did these kids get so screwed up? It's sad. I know I laugh because the, 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 the anger would kill me if I didn't laugh. That's how they get to me. At 18 years old, they think they are these things. They haven't read anything. They haven't been anywhere. They haven't done anything. I'm a teacher. My job is not to reaffirm them. It is to challenge them, to outgrow them, meaning their preconceptions, Lowry said. We are entrusted, he continued, to shepherd young minds into their maturity and to jump on a bandwagon and to fill their heads with slogans rather than challenging them with the best that human beings of any color have thought through the ages is a criminal abdication. Bravo, sir. I would applaud, but I don't feel like it. Absolutely bravo to him. He is dead on right. I don't know his... Note something. I don't know if he's liberal, conservative, libertarian. I don't know anything about his politics. He sounds like, well, he sounds like a conservative, libertarian. He also sounds like a, an actual liberal. He might be one of those fossils that, that are actual liberals that are actually still around. Uh, people like, uh, you know, I can't even name one offhand, uh, the lawyer, famous lawyer that the left hates now because he supports Israel and uh, is an actual liberal that will listen to differing opinions. Uh, I, I apologize, I forget the man's name. Maybe I'm going senile. Maybe I'm practicing for senility. Uh, but, again, bravo to this professor. God bless him. And hopefully, hopefully there's more professors out there like him who actually want to teach and educate and illuminate and enlighten and discuss and debate with students rather than uh, uh, just force feed them the same manure. In. Now let's look at uh, something completely different. Not in, not in education. Enough about that today. According to Bearing Arms, Tom Knighton writing there, Cam Newton runs the show at Bearing Arms, and uh, Class A guy. Uh, but ministers are blasting the idea that people might be able to carry guns, firearms, sidearms in churches. The idea of guns in churches doesn't sit well with a lot of people, Knight writes. After all, churches are places of peace, and as such, there's no place for firearms within the confines of a house of worship. As a Christian, though admittedly a pretty bad one, join the club, sir. I'd love for that to be true. I'd love to know that when I attend services on Sunday morning that I'll not have to worry about a thing involving the out world outside. Unfortunately, I'm a realist. It seems that some religious leaders just, yeah, they, they simply aren't. And this from the Episcopal News Services, those crazy Episcopalians again. Uh... Reverend Dion Johnson, who's the bishop of the diocese, good lord, my mouth has rebelled for folks, I'm sorry, diocese of Missouri, 
joined other religious leaders in the St. Louis area in denouncing a bill in the state legislature that would allow people to carry concealed guns into places of worship without asking permission. I wonder if the uh, the Reverend and his fellow outraged ministers would would admit that a bad person, an evil person, and there have been a few church shootings, all by bad, evil, twisted, demented, sick, crazy, crazy bad people. They don't care about the law. They're not going to not go in. Hell, that's one of the attractions. It's typically a gun-free zone. It's easy pickings, quite frankly. Yet this, this minister, this reverend, refuses to accept this reality, and apparently these others do. I don't get it. How many times can you can you butt your head against a wall until you, it dawns on you that criminals do not obey laws? They use others' adherence to those laws that disarm those good people, and then they go and wreak havoc and cause mayhem and spill blood and murder innocent people. But they don't care about the law. They're probably going to die anyway. They're probably going to take their own life. Johnson is one of eight spiritual leaders representing Christian, Jewish, and ethical humanist groups. Ethical humanists. I didn't know that was a religion. I guess it is. I guess they don't really worship God then. I don't know. But they are humanists. Who knows? Groups who spoke at a press conference organized by the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of St. Louis on April 28th to oppose uh, Missouri House Bill 944. It's a sad honor, he said, to be standing here with these religious leaders opposing a bill that probably should not have seen the light of day, arguing that Guns have no places in places of worship. Well, tell that to the sick bastard who's going to kick in your door, maybe, and try to slaughter people who are helpless and disarmed by fools like you, Reverend. You're a fool. The other seven people standing up there with you are fools. The fact is, you wouldn't open your front door to someone who looked really shady and let them in your home if you had any sense. Would you? No. But yet you want to pass a message to the world, look, guns are bad. We are disarmed. Come kill us all. And pretend that somehow taking guns away from good people will somehow prevent evil deeds. You're a fool. And there's no other way to put it. Now the bill we're talking about here is a Republican-sponsored effort because Democrats don't believe in liberty or self-defense, to remove restrictions on carrying guns in public. Currently, Missouri law requires citizens to get the permission of the supervising clergy before bringing a gun into a house of worship. HB 944 would remove said requirement, allowing anyone with a concealed carry weapons permit to bring a gun into a church, synagogue, or mosque without seeking said permission. Now, Again, this only applies to you if you have a concealed carry permit that's valid in, in the great state of Missouri. So you're not talking about people who haven't been trained, who haven't been carrying firearms, 
who aren't experienced in carrying firearms. You're not just talking about anybody, Reverend. You're talking about people who do this. They carry firearms. They're used to it. Uh, and we've seen church shootings stopped, one in Texas in particular, when a uh, parishioner, actually several parishioners do their weapon, but one was quicker than the rest and more highly trained, and he put a bullet in the head of a, a man who was intent on slaughtering a lot of people in that church and said he only shot two and killed them. Uh, and fortunately, the scumbag died too because of this armed citizen. The death toll, the body count, would have been much higher, but I'm sure this idiot reverend would have felt so much better about himself if that had happened. You know, our current current uh, president, President Mumbles, he still says that the gentleman who killed the armed man fixing to shoot everybody in church if he could, he still says he should not have had a firearm. I can't explain such idiocy. I mean, there's being foolish, then there's being just willingly blind, and this reverend is willingly blind. And of course, we have to get this statement in. Another foolish leftist statement we hear far too often. We, we should not have to do this, said Roman Catholic Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky, who convened the press conference and said legislature should have consulted religious, religious leaders before proposing the bill. Please keep our places of worship free from these tools of violence and any sign of it. Okay, if you can, you, can you pray? And get a miracle that's going to bar any armed psycho from coming in and killing people? Can you do that? No, you can't. You're not God, Mr. Archbishop. You're a fool. You want to somehow claim moral high ground because you want to take the ability to defend oneself and others as a noble and religious and good thing. Banning or barring the right to self-defense goes against God, my friend. Who do you think our rights come from, Mr. Roman Catholic Archbishop? They come from God. That's what our founders believe. That's what this nation is based on. Individual natural rights that come from God above. So you're not just arguing with reason and fact and logic and common sense and decency and a basic sense of their right to self-defense. You're arguing against God, in fact. This is not a perfect world. You want to live in fairy tale land. As Tom Knight writes, we don't have a perfect world, we have this one. This one has maniacs who look at churches as target-rich environments. Most mass shootings, gun-free zones. It's amazing. The number of times these have happened in gun-free zones. You know, there's a church out in Colorado that had an armed security guard there. That armed security guard killed someone who was going in the church to kill, shoot and kill people. Self-defense works, Reverend and Archbishop. The fact is, Knighton says it perfectly. When it comes to guns in churches, they are already there. The question is whether or not you're willing to only allow the evildoers to have guns. And he reminds us of the shooting in White Settlement, Texas, I referenced it earlier. In that shooting, only two members of the congregation was killed. Why weren't more? 
because an armed individual drew his weapon and put the killer down before anyone else could get hurt, and there's untold number of lives that were saved. Self-defense is a good, decent, and moral thing. Some people who claim to be Christians, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dispute whether they're Christian or not. That's between them and and Jesus. That's not any of my business. I'm not gonna declare anybody not a Christian because they disagree with me on a political issue. But I'm talking about in reality, you're just being foolish. There are bad people in the world. Stick your time to trying to help those people, and don't deter law-abiding good people from being able to defend themselves. That is not a moral position. Again, that's it from Tom Knighton. Uh, I get very passionate about self-defense and gun rights because, A, I understand that evil regimes always disarm people. And disarming the populace always follow, is always followed with some form of democide, death by government. And also understand that I'm a person who has used a firearm to defend my life. So it does strike me in a very personal manner. Also, a, my maternal grandmother used her husband, my grandfather's rifle. This was years ago, before I was even born. Uh, early 60s, I guess. She was home. My grandfather was at work. She, like a lot of people, had her front door open, the screen door shut so bugs can't get in, but the cool breeze does. I don't believe they had air conditioning in their home at the time. Out in the sprawling metropolis of Lithia, Florida, <laughs> which is now pretty grown up, but uh, a man came to her door, knocked on the screen door, and said he was from the phone company and needed to get inside to check a line. Well, he was not dressed like a phone company person dressed, because my, my father actually worked for the phone company, and she didn't see him with the, the tool belt and the phone they could make calls on and all the other tools they had. And she also looked outside and saw not a general telephone vehicle, but a just a, a regular van, I believe it was. And as she said, no, I can't let you inside, he began to pull at the door. She reached right beside the door and grabbed my grandfather's rifle. It was a 30 out six. And she leveled it at him. And guess what? He had a sudden urge to go somewhere else, to be anywhere else in the known universe, but right there, staring down a uh, .30 out six rifle. And bye-bye, uh, Mr. Bad Guy. What hell would she, what would have happened to my grandmother had she been foolish and let him in? Or, since he was already trying to force the door open, what if she had been, as these reverends, these holy men, these holy fools would like, her to be disarmed, I guess. What would have happened to my grandma, grandmother, who was all of about five foot one and ninety pounds? Again, it's just very anger irking to me. It irks me. Now I'm going to get to a weird story at the end. Check my time here, and I have two stories to choose from. I can still. Should it be the letter from the uh, airhead shaming white people? about police shootings and social justice and blah, blah, blah. Or should it be hearing from the stupidest man on earth, Charles Blow? Let's go with Charles Blow. He's a real idiot. We'll get to the other one later. Uh, but Charles Blow, if you don't know, is a, an opinion columnist of the New York Times. 
And he fancies himself, he's on CNN a lot, he fancies himself very woke and very illuminated, educated. Really, he's an egghead. And he is big, big, big mad at one Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. Last Sunday, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina added himself to the long list of Republicans who have denied existence of systemic racism in this country. Oh, there's such racism. Just ask Charles Blow. He even lied and faked the story about his son in college being almost shot by police, campus police. Actually, what happened was uh, a, a campus police officer stopped him, asked him for a student ID, I believe, because he kind of resembled, okay, you're good. Take off, have a good time. Nothing. Didn't almost get shot. But Charles Blow is a liar and a fool. And he's not really good at being a liar. He's really good at being a fool, though. Graham argued, Blow continues, that the country can't be racist because both Barack Obama and Kamala Harris have been elected and somehow they're overcoming racial hurdles proves the absence of racial hurdles. His views seem to be that the exception somehow negated the rule. Actually, Charles, everyone has hurdles in America. Everyone has hurdles everywhere. Some people clear them, some people don't. And some people get to be columnists at the New York Times even though they don't even suspect anything. You've heard of people don't know anything? Charles Blow doesn't even suspect anything. He lives in an alternative universe where America is racist, 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 and that's all this blowhard knows. In the rebuttal to President Biden's address to a joint session of Congress, Blow writes, the other senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott, whoa, 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 Mr. Blow, you racist, did you just other Tim Scott? I think you did. You called him the other Senator, oh, so you talk about the white senator first from South Carolina, and then you other and put its back seat, the Tim Scott, the black senator from South Carolina. How blatantly, obviously, racist can you be, Mr. Charles Blow? Scott became an apologist for denials of racism, saying, too, that the country wasn't racist. How dare he have an opinion different than the knighted, benighted, wonderful, brilliant Charles Blow. He argued that people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all, by doubling down on the divisions we've worked so hard to heal. Well, you know what, Mr. Blow? In saying those words that I just said, Senator Tim Scott is right. He's absolutely correct. And you're, Mr. Blow, you're one of the race pimp leeches that's doing it. You and people like Michael Eric Dyson, what a, what a despicable human being he is. And, of course, the Reverend Al Not-So-Sharpton and Benjamin Crump and much of the leadership of the NAACP. And you can keep going and going and going. These are the same people, by the way, who demonize black people who dare to think for themselves, like Senator Tim Scott, like Candace Owens, like the late great Walter Williams, like Thomas Sowell, people who actually go out the box, like Larry Elder, they don't like him either. He's a, uh, well, he's been referred to many times, as the rest have, I mentioned, as house you-know-whats. What a despicable, as Uncle Tom's, 
remember after Tim Scott's speech the other day, the other evening, what 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 trended on Twitter? What hashtag Uncle Tim? A take on, of course, Uncle Tom, which is what the left calls black people who say things they're not supposed to and think for themselves. Again, despicable. Scott's argument, Blow continues, seems to leave open the possibility that America may have been a racist country, but that it has matured out of it and it has graduated into egalitarianism. Well, I hope America never becomes an egalitarian nation because egalitarians are fools. That's kind of the forerunner of the social justice thing is egalitarianism. I understand why Blow admires it such. But we are a country that has sins in its past. Sins we have corrected. Sins like women not being able to vote. Sins like black people, slavery existing. Sins like Jim Crow laws. Sins like poll taxes. Sins like forced segregation. Sins like separate but equal. Yes, we've had those sins. Women not being able to vote. We've overcome those sins. That's what America does. We have sins in our past, and the left seems to believe we still live there, and they seem to perpetuate, excuse me, my mouth is rebelling again, they seem to love to perpetuate the myth that we're still there. We We haven't moved forward at all. Absolutely asinine. No sane person would make that argument. But again, we're dealing with the left. They're not sane. They're leftists. Sanity is not required to be a leftist. In fact, it's discouraged. Blow continues, I personally don't take much of Scott's ability to, I don't make much of Scott's ability to reason. Oh yeah, I'd love to do an IQ test. Charles Blow against Tim Scott. Actually, I could probably do an IQ test between Charles Blow and a saltine cracker. Wait, that's too, too wide of a cracker. How about a graham cracker? How about any kind of cracker? How about a frozen entree from Stouffer's? All of those things are currently smarter than Charles Blow because Charles Blow doesn't let himself be intelligent. Charles Blow only cares about one thing, his ideology. So Blow doesn't think much of the reasoning ability of Senator Scott. This is the same man, he said, who said in March that woke supremacy, whatever that is, is as bad as white supremacy. Of course it is. White supremacists are assholes. Excuse the French, but they're assholes. Did I mention they're assholes? But also the woke supremacists, the people who want to force everybody to shut their mouths, do what they're told, read what they're, read what they're only what they're told or allowed to read, Basically, the wokest are just Marxists. It's another way to say Marxist. And people like you, Charles Blow, apparently are among those people who want to censor everyone's brain and everyone's opinion and everyone's mouth and everyone's pen or keyboard. It is as bad as white supremacy. Because you know what? Right now, it's about a thousand times, probably 10,000 times, as rampant and common as white supremacy is. There aren't a lot of white supremacists out there, Charles Blow. Again, we've moved past that kind of idiotic thinking. Most people don't care about your skin color. They care about your character. There is no world, 
Charles Blow continues, in which recent efforts at enlightenment can be equated to enslavement, lynching, and mass incarceration. Done. If you think being woke's about enlightening people, Mr. Blow, you're demented. It is nothing but a, a bullying mechanism. They're intellectual bullies. They're the new brown shirts. It seems to me, Blow continues, that the disingenuousness on the question of racism is largely a question of language. The question turns on another question. What to you is America? Actually, this is not Charles Blow's accent. I'm just trying to trying to use a voice that speaks of speaks to the utter disdain Blow has for logic and reason and facts and America, in fact. And you damn white supremacists who don't even exist anymore. Is America the people who now inhabit the land, divorced from its systems and its history? Or is the meaning of America inclusive of those systems and history? Good Lord. Good Lord. This is how stupid liberals argue their points. What is America, I ask? Well, you'll judge America by the current iteration of what America is. Charles? I mean, you don't blame him for what happened. How people like Charles Blow believe in the 1619 Project. They want to pretend America was evil and bad before America even existed. Because America did not exist until 1776. That's why we, we celebrate our Independence Day on July 4th. Because on July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed. And the founders said, basically, we're out of here. We're going to have our own nation. So before that date, there was no America, yet people like Charles Blow and the other people who love the 1619 Project so much and critical race theory they love so much, that's why they're always pretending that America existed before it even existed. It only became bad and racist, America did, again, before it actually existed, when a white foot touched down on the Atlantic coast somewhere in Virginia. 1619. See, all it took was one white person to make everything racist into perpetuity. But don't accuse the people that say this crap and regurgitate this garbage. Don't dare call them bigoted, racist, or idiotic. Of course not. Blow continues. He opines that when people say that America is a racist country, they don't necessarily mean that all or even most Americans are consciously racist. However, it is important to remember that nearly half the country just voted for a full-on racist in Donald Trump. Charles Blow, I would challenge you to name one legitimate thing Trump said that was racist. Not a misquote, not a half a quote, not a, not a made-up quote, not a false quote, but one you can directly say, here's Donald Trump saying something racist. You can't do it, and neither can either any of your other fellow leftist knuckleheads who write the bilge or speak the bilge that you do. But keep saying it, because integrity is meaningless to the left. Honesty, truth, meaningless to the left. And if Charles Blow is anything, he is a leftist. And they voted for Trump by either denying his racism 
which he wasn't a racist, become apologists for it or applauding it, what you call a country thus composed. You don't have any idea what Americans are like, do you, Charles? You ought to stop writing for the New York Times, get in the car, go driving across the country, and go talk to some actual conservatives. Don't tell them who you are. Just actually talk to them, communicate with them. You might learn a lot of things. You would definitely learn not to be such a pretentious ass and such an absolute carnival barking buffoon that doesn't have a clue what they're talking, or in this case, writing about. Historically, however, there is no question that the country was founded by racists and white supremacists. Of course, Charles Blow. And that much of the early wealth of this country was built on the backs of enslaved Africans. Sold into slavery by their fellow Africans, but that doesn't matter. And much of the early expansion came at the expense of the massacre of the land's indigenous people and broken treaties with them. You know, we did some shitty things to the Indians, to use layman's terms. And they committed some massacres and atrocities too. And you know what, Charles Blow? Before the evil white man came here, the Indian tribes, the indigenous people, they fought each other. They enslaved each other. They slaughtered each other. But we're supposed to say this is really their land. Fact is, slaughtering other people, fighting for land is as ancient as history of man is, really. And there's a lot of ugliness went on. But don't pretend that the Indians didn't fight each other. Eight of the first ten presidents, Blow continues, personally enslaved Africans. In 1856, the Chief Justice of the United States wrote in the infamous ruling of the Dred Scott case that black people had for more than a century before been regarded as beings of inferior order and altogether unfit to associate with the white race, blah, blah, blah. That was in 1856. We're closing on 200 years past that, Mr. Blow. And by the way, the founders who you demonize so much, Guess what freed, ultimately freed, black people into slavery? Our Constitution, which can be amended, and it was amended. Look up the 13th and 14th and 15th Amendments, Mr. Blow. Have an adult read them to you. If you can calm yourself down from your racial animus, that is, from being a victim of the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court back in 1856. And understand we have evolved far from that line of thinking. Countries change, people change. And this is not the same America as that day. It's really sad. Sad to sad to hear someone who is, or read someone who is so angry and bitter and they're absolutely blinded by their own hatred. But Charles Blow will continue to attack and demon, uh, demean Senator Tam Scott and any other black person who dares stray from the narrative that Charles Blow has accepted as Holy Scripture, basically. And my friends, you have to be willing to stand up to this kind of garbage and say, no, that's not the way it is. That's the way the media, the left, but I repeat myself, want it to be. They live in the world where they tell you what everything is because that's what they want to be the truth. And the left hates America on a cellular level, which is why they're trying to destroy it in so many ways. Now, one more story to get to. It's very disturbing, I'll be honest. According to 
a well-known science blog, I assume this is. Uh, the name is IFL Science. Have you ever heard of something called high meat? No, that's not a steak that you put pot in or anything. Well, if you haven't heard of it, count yourself lucky, this article says. A ridiculous diet trend that is being pushed by, you guessed it, some internet users. High meat is defined as any meat that has been left to decompose, rot, spoil, go bad. You know what I mean, you get the point. Most people would then proceed to throw the rotting meat away. Nothing like rotting meat, apparently, to some, some pallets. That's right, some people are eating full-on rotten meat. Maybe that's what's wrong with Charles Blow. Maybe he eats rotten meat. It's affected his brain. As far back as 300 to 400,000 years ago, I bet Charles Blow thinks America was racist way back then, too, remains of burnt bones and hearth fires have been discovered, alluding to the fact that early humans would cook up the remains of a hunt before dinner. Many years later, this practice has continued because it wipes out any bacteria that will make you sick. Anyone's ever had food poisoning? I had it once. Ugh, I missed a week of work. It was not good. And no matter how good that Chinese takeout looks after like five days in the fridge, don't heat it up and eat it. Take, take it from me. And it makes the meat more easily digestible. And generally, it tastes better. That's right. A fresh steak from the butcher actually tastes better than one that's been sitting in your fridge for 10 days. Even in the fridge. Or maybe just on a counter. Some scientists believe the microbes make off food smell terrible for their own selfish gain. Actually, I think it's nature's way of telling you, Hey, dummy, don't eat that. If it smells that bad... It will make you sick. Don't do it. However, there are some people who believe that cooking is <laughs> overrated. Who needs it? Who needs an oven or fire or anything? Instead, preferring to snack on some hearty raw and sometimes rotten meat. And when we say rotten, it isn't left out overnight and gone bad. We are talking months or even years of decomposition bacteria on the surface. Completely different color rotten. So I guess I guess these people would have, uh, there was a deer that was hit on the highway not far from me. And it laid there a few days before the vultures got to it and cleaned it up pretty quick. Um, it's amazing how fast they work. But I should have just thrown that sucker after, after about the fourth day I passed it. I should have picked up throwing it in the trunk and come home and just said, here we go. I got dinner, everybody. Good Lord. And there's actually a video on this website. Shows a YouTuber eating meat that he claims is an entire year old. Looks like he has it in a big old empty, like industrial strength, uh, mayonnaise jar empty. Uh, and he's got a hunk of something on a fork. I'm not going to play the video because uh, I've still got to eat lunch. Uh, but uh, if you see it on YouTube, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's useful advice. But uh, this, you see anybody eating something this funky looking, don't eat it. Don't listen to them. Don't even go to that channel unless it's just for, for comic relief and for you, my friends. And I'm done. I'm finished. Finito, Benito. 
Uh, have a great rest of your weekend, folks. Remember the Daily Gator blog, dailygator.com. You can support it by hitting the PayPal button on the first post on the dailygator.com. You can also support, excuse me, this this podcast if you want, or you can go to Anchor, anchor.dughagen. You can donate there on a monthly level if you wish to. You can be a subscriber. And no, I won't send you a newsletter that you'll just throw away. But I will send you some uh, some steaks that have been out in the backyard for about three three weeks. Nothing seems to touch them. Maybe you can try the, the bad food diet or something. I don't know. Of course, I would never do that to you, my beloved listeners. Thank you. I appreciate you. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. Don't eat raw meat. That's the fourth rule. But... But also, God bless America and go Gators. Y'all have a good one. I think I'm taking them all off. Or maybe not. Haven't decided yet. Take care, my friends. God bless. And God bless America one more time. Just for Charles Blow.